0: So, recently I did two videos basically asking what PAL Comics is. The first one was kind of a a year, basically an update, a year year later update, if you will, on the original video. Because somebody brought it up in a comment section of what I said, and that would be Senpai KC2023. And it got me to want to do another one because they were bringing up some good topics and even some questions. So I did another one. I even added in the other question of, is it legal? What is PAL Comics and is it legal? And then I did a follow-up because it wasn't just uh, Senpai Casey that was and was responding to the new video. It was also Adolf, De- Adolf Def, or Adolf Def, if you will. Adolf Def, that, that's basically the name is called. Uh, they also responded. And I did a follow-up and mainly the one thing that they responded on was the fact that the one saving grace that pal comics or outlets like them could you know have that would be you know be in their favor the one saving grace is a lot of what you know you see on these websites these you know like even pay for paywall websites or free websites you know what you see there uh, falls under the public domain category of fan works that 's basically what it is. Fan works are not copyrighted. Fan works are not you know owned by any corporation. They are unofficial uh tellings or unofficial showcasings of established ips and because they 're unofficial and everything, you know they fall under the category of public domain, and basically as fan works. And because it falls under that category, whether or not, you know, Powell Comics would try to, you know, present it as, let's say, you know, uh, parodies and all that, satires, spoofs, if you will. If that doesn't save them, then basically having it under the category of fan works and unofficial works, Thus, those being under public domain those, those categories being under public domain would be the saving grace but it 's not just pal comics either that, that could look at public domain and fan works and unofficial works to be the saving grace. It could be anybody out there it could be anybody out there that does stories that might be, let's say, follow-ups to another person's interpretation of said characters or established IP characters. Point being, I did a story recently, something I was actually starting to work on a little bit uh, about a year or two ago before I kind of stopped doing it because I was working and well, I started back at work and you know, was, didn't really have much time to do it except maybe just do some, except outside of it do videos and stuff like that or maybe add on to it here and there. I kind of stopped doing the follow-up story. That is until I found one of the AI sites out there. It would, depending on how you feel about them, and depending on how you feel about them, that's up to you. But I found what is known as Sudowrite. That's s u d o w r i t e dot com. Sudo Write, um, and it's one of the websites that basically allows you to tell all kinds of stories. You know, from you know GA general audience all the way to XXX NC seventeen and the original story that i was doing a follow up on cuz the original story was done by somebody else uh, the original story i was doing a follow up on basically fell under the category of triple x nc17 so i knew that the follow up the follow up that i was going to do had to fall under that same category and believe me you know, when you read it, I'm not going to put any links. I'm not going to put any links, guys. That I'm going to let you know right now. I'm not going to put any links because I don't need to get in any more trouble than I was previously. But I will say this. Once you read it, in, you can find it at inkbunny.net. You can find it at Divinart.com, And you can find it at archiveofourown.org. At Devonart, you can find it under my BVW1979 uh, 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 page, if you will, and at, subs- and at archiveofourown.org and inkbuddy.net, you can find it under B.W. Rosas or B.W. Rosas 98. But anyway, you know, I knew that if I was going to do this follow-up, it had to be in that same category of nc 17 X, if you know what I mean. And the story that I was doing a follow up on that somebody else had previously done was called Queen's Delight. Now the story basically is based somewhat in both the Archie Sonic Satyam uh, universe as well as in the Sonic Underground universe, sort of a interdimensional crossover story. And here it mainly focuses on uh, two queens: Queen Alicia Acorn, Sally's mom in the Archie Sonic books and Queen Alina Hitchcock, Sonic's mom, in Sonic Underground. And both of them basically fall in love with each other at the end of the book after kind of doing the thing, if you know what I mean. Yeah, they do the dirty, they do the thing. You know, yeah, literally they do. I'm not, I'm not joking on that. But that's mainly the premise. Because when Queen Alina shows up and she sees Alicia, she takes a kind of a, a liking to her, an attraction towards her, if you will. She takes a liking, and you know, to her really, really well. And later on that night, uh, when Alicia wants to, you know, get in the mood with her husband, her husband doesn't want to get in the mood. You know, he's very, you know, he's very basically, how do I put it, very old school, old fashioned, proper kind of individual. Very, very stingy in a way because, um, you know, he, you know her husband is King Max, Sally's dad, King Acorn from the Saturday morning cartoon. But in the comic, he's a little bit more, I guess you can say, stymie. He's not so, you know... Hip with it, but Alina, but Alicia is because Alicia in the story had been in chronological, uh, uh, cryogenic, cryogenic. That's the name we're looking for, cryogenic state for quite some time. That she's still young. Basically, she's kept young, or kept her young, and now she wants to explore. She wants to really get into things, really like you know, be part of the cool generation. And being part of the cool generation means, hey, if she's in the mood, she wants to do the deed, you know, with the person she's married to. But that's not happening here. But what happens instead, is she's wandering the halls, she hears some commotion coming from Sally's room, and she sees Sally... Sonic and Nicole, who is the AI who has a links form in the comics, in the Archie comics, are doing a, you know basically having a three-way, basically doing the deed, having a three-way, and she's caught by Alina, who basically finally just you know let it be known that she's in that she's into her. She lets it be known that she's into her. And she does this by kissing her passionately. You know, kind of holding her, rubbing up and down her body, stuff like that. And this is enough for Alicia to not only really, you know, get back into the mood again. But it's enough to ignite that fire within her. And let's just say what they do later on. Well, again, you have to go to fanfiction.net to see what I'm talking about. Anyway. Anyway, to bring, the reason I bring this up is because the follow-up story that I did was called Queen's Delight 2. Queen's Delight 2. And it basically continue. It doesn't somewhat continue, but it's basically a follow-up uh, to the original story that takes place months later. And let's just say Alina and Alicia get a lot more extreme, a lot more... Uh, hardcore, a lot more you know, fetishy, if you will uh, than than I think anybody would predict them to in fact, they get so you know, so into what they into this kind of stuff, BDMSing and all that that there's things incorporated in there that honestly you would think there's no way the original author would have gone down this route and you're right, they wouldn't have they wouldn't have gone down this route, but I did. I did. There are some things in there. Like, there's a there's a, a moment I put in there where Alina gets, I guess you can say, you bead, if you will, you bead, uh, into the womb, basically unbirthed, if you will, into the womb of Alicia. Alina gets put into the womb of Alicia, um, and if you guys want to know what that is, go online, have have a ball in finding out what the unbirth means. But anyway, long story short, there's one scene I put in there where Alina, you know, goes through with that. And while she's floating in the womb of Alicia, you know... You would think, okay, just leave it at that. In, in, in case some of you know what that means, you know, the UB and the stories and webcomics associated with it, you'd think, oh, well, that's about it. You know, she's just going to lay in there for a bit and she'll come out, right? Well, technically she does come out, but there are some stories that I've heard of, and my, I'll, I'll, be admit, I'll admit to this, I've even kind of read, to where when this moment happens... And something more happens to the person that ends up in the womb. Yeah. Something more happens. What happens is an umbilical cord, an umbilical cord, if you will, attaches itself to the individual. I'm not joking. I'm not joking. And that's kind of what I did, I had happen here. Basically, I had an an umbilical cord attach itself to Alina, thus connecting her and Alicia more intimately than ever before. And again, I've seen stories that have done this. I've seen stories that have done this. But anyway, anyway, like I said, there's things like that that I put in there and some other stuff um, as well. But why do I bring this up? Why do I bring this up and how does it tie into what I said uh, the, other, the other day You know, in both videos on PAL comics? Well, in the follow-up, I brought this up briefly. And I brought it up because, like I said, it falls under that category of fan works, thus fan works being part of the public domain, you know, and everything, and that being the saving grace of, you know, a PAL comics, if somebody was to take them or anybody like them to court. And to me, that's the saving grace for people like myself. You see, there's a lot of people, a lot of writers, if you will, a lot of writers of original fanfics, or fanfics based on established IPs, that if they haven't done the fanfic in a while, the original story or the the original fanfic story featuring the OCs, if they haven't done it in a while, it usually means they're not doing it anymore. You know, they've had a change in heart, basically maybe reborn, you know, as a Christian and all that, like I was, you know, and everything. You know, or maybe, maybe they're now off doing other stuff, college, married, and whatever. and they've just lost, Or they've just lost interest, period. they just lost interest. You know, there are going to be times where people will want to see more of that. And if the original author isn't going to continue it, and it seemingly feels like, if not definitely looks like, they are done, then somebody else will pick up the slack. They will. They will pick up the slack, and they know that they wouldn't get in trouble for it because even if the person comes back and notices it, you know, and maybe is thankful that they did it, you know, can kind of continue the story because they were busy, or maybe they feel a little like, you know, hmm, I wonder why they did this. Let me talk to them, kind of deal. The people that would continue the story from the original authors from the original author wouldn't get that much in trouble. Wouldn't get. In- wouldn't get in trouble at all, I should say. They wouldn't get in trouble at all because what they'd be doing would be falling under public domain and the fan works category, uh, an official category of public domain. That's what it'd be falling under. And because it'd be falling under that, you know, there'd be nothing really that the original author can do. Like they could ask them to, basically make their continuation of the original uh, story private or the original webcomic private so that nobody sees it anymore and thus they the original author can continue the stories as they originally intended or again the author could be grateful they could be grateful and say hey thank you for picking up the slack you know i know a lot of stuff has gotten in the way but you know you know i thank you for helping me out and now if you now if it's okay with you, I'll continue and maybe I'll incorporate some of your ideas. You know, I'll continue where you left off and maybe incorporate some, uh, and maybe come back to you for some ideas and suggestions or whatever. You know, certain things like that could happen. Now, yes, they could also be upset and everything, and that's fine. That's fine. It's understandable. But again, they know that there's nothing they can really do because they don't own the character. Which is a fact. They don't own the characters. If it's a fanfic featuring established IPs, they know they don't own the characters. And the one thing that's protecting the person that's continuing the story, you know, from them, is public domain. It is fanfic. You know, fan works, I should say. It is fan works. It's public domain. So, again, whether the person is, you know, grateful whether the person is understandable but asking for you to make your version private so they can continue where they originally left off, or even if the person is upset, they know that there's nothing really they can do about it because public domain would protect the person person that continued the story. Public domain can protect the person that continued the fan work. And again, there'd be nothing that you know, the original author could do, understandable or not. And I know that sounds kind of weird to you know kind of weird to say or kind of like well you know that you know that feels like it's a slap in the face of the original author. Yeah, it may sound like that and everything. But the truth is if you're going to do these kind of stories, if you're going to do these kind of stories, then maybe what you need to do is at least let the people that want to see more of let's say the Queen's delight universe, if you will, the King's Delight story arc, whatever, you should let them know, hey, I plan to do this, but I got all these other stories ahead of me, but I am going to come back to this. You let them know that, then it's a guarantee nobody will even t- consider doing a sequel, because they'll be like, okay, this person's going to do a follow-up you know, when they get the opportunity. Because at least they know you would have basically followed through or at least you're going to plan to follow through on what you say. You know, at least they will know that. But because you don't do that, because people don't do that, it opens the door for others to say, well, if they're not going to do it, I'm going to do it. You know, for example, for example, you know, I I, I look at minor dash alterations. And they have a lot of stories that they were doing. A lot of stories. Most of them have ended on a cliffhanger, we haven't heard anything from them since. And this person's on Divinart, And they've had numerous opportunities to come back and finish them. Now, life maybe, now, here's the thing, life personally may have you know, interfered, and that's understandable. Again, like I said earlier, they may have been born again you know, religiously, as Christians or Catholics or whatever, and they're being taught not to do that kind of stuff. You know? Or they might have moved on, just lost interest. We don't know. But, you know, someone like Minor Dash Alterations has numerous stories. And I was actually wanting to continue one of those stories as well, called The Model and the Symbiont. And the way they ended the original, uh, the last chapter they worked on for it, you know, was it wasn't my cup of tea. So I wanted to say, so basically my idea was, okay, it's not my cup of tea, but I'll do... I'll do something different, I'll do an alternative you know, I'll do I'll do a different take on it and my take would have had basically the main character who is now bonded with the symbiote and basically become a goo girl slime girl, latex um, if you will Uh, it would have had her and her friend who is into the weird kind of stuff, but instead of the friend like in the original being you know, dismissive of it it and everything and you know basically, you know kind of hurting her friend's feelings of, you know, uh, of not, you know, realizing how she feels about her and all that, you know, at least being a little bit more, at least being experimental, like, hey, okay, if you want to try this out, if you want to, if you and the symbiote want to be my outfit, okay, fine, but no funny business, you know, the the ending basically left a bad taste in my mouth, a bittersweet taste. So what I've decided to do is go in the direction to where the friend would accept her friend, now bonded with the symbiote, you know, wanting to do all this kind of stuff, if not get really intimate, because I feel that's more of direction a story like that should go. And here's the thing. Even if I finish it, now, because I'm still in the process of it, but even if I finish it, you know, there's nothing really minor dash alterations can do right now about it, because it would fall under fan works, it would fall under the the public domain category of fan works. It would. And even if they come back and say, hey, hey, I appreciate what you did, but can you make this private? I have no problem doing it. I have no problem making it private. But the point is, because they haven't touched it in a while, it opens the doors not just for me, but for others to say, okay, they're not going to continue it, I'll continue it. Because it falls under the public domain category of fan works of fan works, and basically people that pick up the slack are just, you know, are doing nothing, are just doing, you know, what they feel needs to be done because they know they're not doing anything wrong. And that's, you know, with me. And that's the same with me, you know. I don't think I really did anything wrong, in my opinion. Because one, the, the original author does not own the rights to the IPs. They don't. And two... They didn't come out and say, hey, I'm going to do a follow-up to this down the line. Nor did they let anybody know, hey, whatever you people do, please do not do any continuations without my consent or any follow-ups to my stories without consent. Because at least if they would have done that, people like me would have been like, okay, no problem. You know, we, we get where you're coming from. But because they didn't do either or, you know, either or, you know, that's basically what's biting them in the butt. That's what's biting them in the butt, honestly. Because, again, the big difference between them and K.W., who I talked about before, and I do apologize for what I put them through, K.W., at least, is trying to make a financial living off what they're doing. They are. They are trying to make a financial living off what they're doing. And that's a fact. They are trying to make a financial living. You know, so... You know, so I can understand. Okay, don't do this or don't do that with this stuff because they're trying to make a financial living. I get it, I really do. However, the difference between KW and this person, this author of the original Queen's Delight story, is they posted it on Fanfiction.net, and depending on, and they posted it under a certain category, an M-rated category, and that basically, long story short. Long story short, they've made it accessible to the public, and they're not making money off it. If they were making money off this kind of stuff, you know, fanfics and all that, that's fine. Okay, understandable, but they're not. That's the opening the door for people like me to come in and say, Hey, I'll do a follow-up on this story, or I'll do a follow-up on that story or they 're even opening the door for people like me to copy and paste their stories off fanfic if that 's possible, and it, I believe and believe me it is you just got to figure it out, but you know they 're opening the door for people like me to take the stories off fanfic, if you will, copy and paste them onto let 's say Microsoft Word or Wordpad, and maybe even add certain moments in there and make what we would consider an extended version so you know, again the big difference between the two is again one is one is doing it one has it free public one is doing it for free on a public platform and the other's trying to make a living. And that's the fact. That is the fact. And everybody listening to this and watching this knows that. They know that. They know that is an absolute fact. And again, what's the saving grace for people like me in groups like PAL Comics and their categories is public domain in the public domain category of fan works. That's the saving grace. That's the saving grace. You know, so again, if you, my advice is put a little note. Put a little anonote, if you will, at the beginning of your stories or at the end of your stories or on your profile page. And tell them, hey, whatever you, tell them that whatever you do, please don't do a follow-up on the story because I plan to follow it up myself. It's just going to take time. That's all you have to do. It's like, it's like uh, the cyborg fox or otherwise known as that one tales writer. You know, he... You know, he will come out and tell people that there's so many stories that he's working on, you know, series-wise and individually, that it's going to take him time. At least he lets them know, hey, don't push me, don't rush me. You know, I'm doing the best I can here. I'm taking my time with it. So, again, overall... Again, overall, you know, the saving grace would be let people know. Let them know, hey, I'm planning to do follow-ups on this, but give me time. That's about it. Because if you do that, you know, at least least it prevents people from trying to do follow-ups. Because they know, hey, this person's going to do it anyway, let's see what they got in store. But because certain things like that don't happen, you know, that's on them. That's on them. And again, the big difference between people that put these kind of stories on fanfiction.net or archiveofourown.org or wherever, the big difference between them and someone like KW that does fan animations, you know, for financial living and everything, is basically someone like KW or others can, you know, basically get upset about it, and ask for you to take it down because, you know, they want people to pay for it. And, okay, fine, we get that, because they're making a living. And that's more understandable. You don't want to take away the profits, if you know what I mean. However, the difference between them is, again, you go to fanfiction.net or the other public areas, and you just post it, there's nothing you can really do. Financially, there's something you can do. In other words, ask them to take it down and everything, and there you go. Well, on the other hand, you know, I know it sounds, I know it sounds confusing. It doesn't make sense maybe to some. But on the other hand, you're basically saying, hey, everybody can watch this or anybody, everybody can re- read this and enjoy and whatever because I'm making it for free for them. And that's it. And then all you're doing, unless you put a note at the beginning and end, all you're doing is opening the door. That's what you're doing. You're opening the door for people to make follow-ups. You're opening the door for them to copy and paste your stories to make extensions. That's what you're doing. And again, I know it may not make sense, and I know it may sound like I'm just rambling BS around here, but, the tru- but there is truth to it. And that truth all centers around public domain and the public domain category of fan works. And, and again, unless you are financially trying to make a living off it, you know, and everything, you know, unless you're trying to financially make a living off it, which does give you a little bit more leeway in everything, it does. Unless you're trying to make, you know, a living off it, you know, like everybody, like those that I've mentioned, putting it out there for free and publicly it opens the door. It really does. Putting it out there for free and publicly, it opens the door. And I'm not trying to say all this because I'm trying to justify my right to have done a follow-up. I'm just saying it because it's not just me. It's not just true for someone like me, but for a lot of people that do the same thing. Because again, because again, I know it sounds strange, and I tried to bring this up to the person on Ink Bunny, tried to bring this up to somebody on Ink Bunny who I think was the author but under a different name. You know, you look at Hollywood. You look at Hollywood, and outside of what's going on currently, there have been numerous times where sequels to, uh, you know, very popular movies have had different writers... A different staff, a different director, and they've all gone in a different direction than what was originally planned. That's true. It's true. They've usually gone in a different direction than what was planned. And it only takes for the original person to come back to fix that, maybe with, you know, a new movie that kind of acts like the real, you know, uh, I guess you could say sequel to the movie, or acts, or basically ignores the events of one of the sequel that the new team tried to do. Only when the author, the original author, comes in, original director comes in, and everything to fix it and say, "Hey, what happened in these sequels doesn't matter. What's happening here? That's the true continuation." You know, what I'm getting at is in Hollywood. You know, if the current director is not available, if the current director is not available, the current, uh, not current, but if the original writer, the original writer, the current director, producer, and all of them is not available, and a studio wants to get the sequel out, they're going to put a new team together. Period. They're going to put a new writer together to do a new script. They're going to bring in a director and all that. They're going to make the story, they're going to make the follow-up, you know, happen with the original crew, you know, is for it or not. They're going to make that happen, and that's a fact. And the way that relates, as I've mentioned, or I've tried to mention this one person, the way that relates, basically, to what's going on here is, you know, basically, it's basically, basically, you're going to have people coming in and doing follow-ups. You are. You're going to have folks coming in and doing follow-ups to your stories, whether you want it to be done or not. And that's a fact. Again, I know it may not make sense or anything, but it's a fact. It is a fact of reality. It's no joke. I mean, why do you think sometimes when we see some of these reboots of, of movies and shows that try to... Uh, take or try to bring the original concept into a modern era. Why do you think it doesn't feel like the originals, or it doesn't have the spirit of the originals? Sometimes, because it's an entirely new staff taking the story and the characters in a different direction. Why do you think people were mixed about the soft, mixed about the reboot, soft reboot of Archie Sonic? Because it was going in a different direction than what everybody was, you know, used to. I mean, yeah, it focused on the freedom fighters, and that was great, and all that. And, you know, no problem. And the stories were decent, if not good. But why do you think some people have mixed reactions about it? Because it was Ian Flynn and his crew taking the characters in a different direction. You know, that's what it was. Even when he came on board way before he did what he did, seventy issues before he did what he did. Uh, in issue 230, you know, or even before that, when, when was the reboot? When was the reboot? 250? So about 90, 90 issues. You know, even when he came in, 90, uh, not 90, but 88, is, uh, 87 issues in. Yeah. 87 issues in. You know, you know, people f- felt a difference in tone. They felt a difference in tone in a different directive than what we were used to seeing because he was taking the characters and the stories in another direction in a direction that Penders, Bowlers, and others didn't think of taking them and it felt and it did feel a little different it felt like a a big adjustment if you will than what we were used to because it felt like it was it was, it, it felt like there was no connection to what we had already seen you know you know what I'm saying? You know what I'm saying? So, again, what I was trying to point out to that person who apparently was that author of the original Queen's Delight story is that this kind of stuff happens. It does. And you can get upset about it or you can be understanding about it, but it happens. It happens. This kind of stuff is going to happen. Especially if somebody is a fan of your material. They are. I mean I look at Desi Arts and everything, Michelle and what she does with let's say the annual Melting May story series, the story arc. And you can't tell me there isn't one person that's a fan of that that doesn't consider, hey, I'm gonna do my own continuation of her melt of a Melting Me I series. I'm gonna do my own continuation, but she doesn't but that person probably doesn't make it public because either they're making it for themselves or they're putting it under certain you know, diagrams of certain other websites, you know, that maybe Michelle doesn't know of. You know what I'm saying? People will do that even if they do it secretly and post it in areas that, you know, Desi Art's Michelle doesn't is not aware of. You get what I'm saying? This kind of stuff happens, not just in Hollywood, which it mostly does happen in, believe it or not, for movies and televisions or movie and television series, but it happens in fanfic world as well. It does. And we just have to accept that. We just have to accept that. You know, again, we can be upset about it and everything. We can be upset, but the point is, the point is, unless you are making a financial living off it, like those that do the adult animations and everything, you know, for a price, unless unless you're making a living, you're pretty much opening the door and saying, hey, do what you want with it. And that's it. That's it. I know it doesn't make sense to some of what I'm saying, and it sounds like I'm just rambling, you know, BS, but I'm not. What I'm trying to say is what what I did with my follow-up to Queen's Delight and what others do with the oh, own continuation of certain stories that we may or may not know of from original authors, that's just a f- reality of things. That's just the reality. It really is. So... That's all I really wanted to say, guys. I'm going to get myself something to eat now for lunch. But let me know what your thoughts are. How do you feel about it? Do you agree with me? Do you not agree with me? Give me your thoughts, and I will talk to you all later. Also, you will get a version of this, an audio version this time around maybe, at my B.W. Roses Discussions podcast on Spotify. So until then, talk to you all later.